All right, it's time for another No Bad Wi-Fi, and I think, let's see, Jennifer, this is episode three? That's a fact. Is it three? Well, this one we pieced together yeah. throughout the holidays, so it's it's a, a smorgasbord, including a bonus segment, which we'll talk about uh, yeah. in just a moment, and we'll make sure that that's somewhere in the feed. We'll figure out where that's going to go. But let's cover what's in this show today, because we got a lot of stuff happening. First of all, working backwards, uh, Ansi from Ekahal, what's he going to share with us? Yeah, he's going to be talking about using the autopilot features of the Ekahal survey solution to use your phone or your iPad or whatever to, to do the survey without having to carry a big laptop like we used to back in the dinosaur days. Nice, kind of one-handing it, I believe, as we go there. So, um, yeah. and then Excel Techs, of course, good old Carter Burke with this blue on blue. Antennas and tennis. Antennas and tennis. Exactly. <laughs> always good stuff, and they're always out in the middle of everything. Uh, and then yeah. this one was fun. You introduced me to Kate Miller, who had uh, well, I'd met her before, but not actually spoken to her directly, and I was impressed. Yeah, Kate's fantastic. She's going to be talking about some sensor solutions and how we're monitoring the COVID-19 vaccine distribution while it's in transit with sensors. I wish that was not such a current topic, but yes, that's a very good topic. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah and she, she, I was surprised how much stuff she had already been getting hands-on with Meraki oh, yeah. and the sensors and stuff. And of course, that's what today's show is about. Uh, we're talking about Meraki has come out with a new sensor line. Anthony Hizan, I think I'm pronouncing, or Hizan. Yep. Yep. Hope I'm getting Product that right. manager of the MT sensor line. Yeah, he's going to talk to us about all of the environmental variables that can be monitored and put in the dashboard with uh, everyday Wi-Fi Meraki solution. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of this stuff because it just makes too much sense for Meraki to, to tackle this market and say, you know for what, sure. it's been too complex for too long. Let's make it easy and make it accessible yep. uh, to everybody. Well, let's hit it, shall we? Uh, oh, oh, and the bonus, yeah. let me make sure. So originally we were going to have Chandler Heath um, you introduced me to him. He's kind of the IoT guru for Worldwide. Yep. And boy, you weren't kidding. So um, nope. I'll try to have a link in the notes on how to get to this other one because I'll put it up on, on my channel at the very least to make sure everyone can get to it because Chandler's a joy. And the stuff he gets involved in, I'm almost a little bit jealous, but I don't think I'd have the brain power to do it regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's awesome. Either way, that's fun. It didn't fit in this one, but it definitely makes a lot of sense, and I think everybody would enjoy it. So with that, oh shall goodness. we start? We start. Yeah. All right. Next up, Anthony Hyzon from Meraki. Let's go take a look. Well, all right. Obviously, the focus of today's show, we're talking about these new Meraki MT sensors. I can put it on screen to make sure I didn't mess up the, uh, the letters because I always get those confused on the different Meraki lines, but not because you guys are making it hard, just because I'm not all that swift. Either way, Anthony, I, I don't think I've had a chance to meet you and uh, but obviously you're in charge of something in this area. I wonder if you give us a little background about what you do for Meraki. How'd you get here? What, what brought you into this? And welcome. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you, Rob. And uh, also nice to meet you too, Jennifer. Great to be on the show today. So um, I am Anthony Hezon. I'm the product manager at Cisco Meraki, working on our newest product line, MT sensors. Um, and uh, a quick caveat on that: M, of course, stands for Meraki. T stands for things, as an in Internet of Things. Oh, so okay. we try to be a little bit clever there. Yeah. Uh, I've been at Meraki for about a year. Um, at my anniversary, one year anniversary, was actually last week. So it's it's been a great year so far. Um, Congratulations! So yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, so I was brought uh, onto the team to kind of bring the product line across um, across the finish line. We we finally launched this sensor line that we've been working on for a while, back in September, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to telling you more about the product line. Uh, but before that, uh, before I was at Cisco Meraki, I was working on the um, on the consumer side of things. I was actually working on consumer IoT. 
working at a company here in Silicon Valley called UMA. I launched a, a home security product line. So took that from zero users to 10,000 users, protecting people's homes against intruders, also things like water damage. Um, so it, it was pretty interesting coming from uh, coming to the enterprise IoT side from commercial uh, from yeah. the uh, from the consumer side. Just thinking about I had to think about things like um, preventing false alarms caused by dogs triggering your motion sensor. Also, I, I had some interesting phone calls with customers. Um, who were getting bugged by their wives. Like, why did you spend hundreds of dollars on this home security system? So oftentimes be on the phone with them. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is how to convince your wife. Yeah, yeah. This is how (laughs) to convince your wife that this is a good idea. Yeah. I didn't know then, product uh, managers offered that as a service. I'm going to have to, because there has been, there has been issues I need help justifying sometimes on my purchases. <laughs> well, you know, That's in the early days of product, you got to do whatever you got to do and you got to be yeah. scrappy and you, you got to roll your sleeves up and, and really be there for the early adopters of your product. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah. So you're the and, founding product manager for this new line because Meraki's not done anything in the, in the way of sensors historically, correct? Yeah, this is correct. This is a whole new world for us. It's uh, really exciting and a, and a great privilege to be to be leading this product line. Well, excellent. Well, you do. You guys do a great job. Now, I understand you have a couple of slides maybe to walk us through a setup uh, of how this works. Is now the right time maybe to jump into it and have you kind of set the context for us so that we can yeah. understand what you guys are doing differently? Yeah, yeah. So I, I can know, tell I can a little bit of the story for like why why we decided to get into this brand new space. Uh, it's kind of a step outside of our comfort zone for a Meraki. Um, so let me let me go ahead and, and throw that up on the yeah, on the screen here. Sure, see if I mess something up. No, no, that's uh, that's just me. So let me hit the, uh, present on my slide. So kind of the reason why we we went into this space is um, you know we talked to a lot of customers. Uh, mm-hmm. We we talked to a lot of existing Meraki customers and also brand new customers that are um, you know potentially net new customers for us. And the common trend that we saw across all of them in all of our conversations is that. You know, this might sound like a no-brainer, but uh, data um, allows organizations to be more efficient. And on top of being more efficient um, with everything that's happened in 2020, uh, businesses are caring more and more about being resilient as well. So let's let's talk a little bit more about what I mean by that. So we found that a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, the they care about the environmental uh, status, the environmental. Um, the surroundings around their critical equipment. And coming from Cisco and Meraki, um, the critical equipment that I'm talking about is usually where top of mind for us are things like servers, switches, routers, data center equipment, the the things that go inside of the server rooms and network closets that you don't always think about but are required to keep your operation running. When, When your network goes down, your entire operation goes down. Your, your customers can't uh, do any purchases, your, um, your online sales portal goes down, and your organization comes to a standstill. So this is the kind of data that people want to have visibility on. And uh, this is something where we saw that we could bring some additional value to. Um, so uh, uh, to touch on the resiliency piece, um, a lot of times the you know, traditionally people, the, the way they would have visibility as, uh, uh, regarding this data is just having people physically in the office, okay. uh, physically being able to say, hey, things are pretty hot inside of the server room. Um, is this affecting my network performance? Or, oh, hey, there's, you know, a storm just happened and I can see the water level rising, like somehow water was able to get into the space. Or, oh, hey, 
who are you? I, we didn't, you know, we, we don't recognize you. You shouldn't be here. Um, you know, that's a potential malicious actor coming into um, to, to tamper with our equipment. Well, I, I remember one time my office actually was in with the equipment just because the way it worked at this one hotel that I used to manage. And, and I was new and I was like, well, this is just too cold. So I just raised the temperature and they didn't have any sensors. So they didn't know for a while that I learned that I was going to have to put on a coat. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get a new office. I just, I, in fact, I didn't even get a coat um, now that I mention it. But anyway, so yeah, now that makes a lot of sense. And it, actually, I'm curious while I'm talking, uh, you know, since you have a background in consumer, one of my frustrations, I love playing with various things, um, you know, that, that fall into IoT, but they're, and I don't worry about this too much from a consumer side, they're all uh, a little bit different. I've got a gateway that my Hue Phillips light bulbs have to go through and then, but then I'm going to mess with something else and maybe it works with Alexa, but it doesn't work with Siri and it's not a home kit enabled. And then, so I go down these rabbit holes of going, gosh, I bought this too fast. I didn't read all the fine print about what it works with. And now it doesn't, none of them, of course, from my perspective have a coordinated dashboard. So I got to figure, it feels like just knowing Meraki, this has got to be you guys tackling you guys are experts at tackling ease of use issues and then saying, guys, we're all making this a lot harder than it has to be. We're going to step in and kind of keep doing what we've been doing and not to give away anything you're leading towards, but is that a, is that one of the differentiating points, I guess, between what you guys are yeah. doing? From what yeah, you're that's actually to? a really, really astute insight there, Rob. So we, we took a look at the market <laughs> and we saw that um, yeah, exactly what you're saying. It's um, when somebody wants to deploy sensors at their sites, they have to take a look at so many different things, make so many different decisions, and it makes the deployment cycle really long. They have to decide, first of all, what, what wireless protocol they want to be using, whether it be Zigbee, uh, Z-Wave, BLE, um, what have you. Uh, then they have to figure out which sensor manufacturer they want to use, what uh, gateway manufacturer what they want to use, um, what software management tool they want to have on top of it. And we said, okay, this is ripe for, and we talked about this before, um, yeah. this is ripe for simplification or at Meraki, how we say it, this is ripe for Merakification. Love and, it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we, um, I can definitely show a little bit more in a couple slides okay. um, what that what that looked like. Yeah, yeah keep going. I didn't um, mean to, to jump your order there. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no worries. No, it was, um, it was very timely. Um, so just to, just to round this out, um, some things that some factors that customers particularly care about. The reason why they want this data is, first of all, they want to avoid unnecessary site visits. So, and, and we're especially seeing this in the pandemic reality that we're living in today. Rather than having people physically on site to see, you know, the, what the temperature and humidity is, whether or not there's water flooding the spaces, they need to do so remote remotely. They, you know. Yeah we have reduced capacity to actually set people on site and we want to give people that remote visibility. Um, so if they're working from home to be able to see those, um, uh, that data uh, from home. Um, uh, another story I wanted to tell is, uh, so one of the customers that we talked to, I, I can't say who it is, but it was a state university and they had multiple sites spread out over hundreds of miles. So, um, their HQ for their main IT team was in a major metropolitan area, but they did have some <clears throat> some student sites in the more rural areas, part, uh, rural parts of the state. And if they wanted to send somebody on site, it literally meant that the, a member of the IT team had to buy a plane ticket to go to that other side of the state to go service that location. 
and it got so bad to the point where they actually purchased a you know a mercury thermometer taped it to the wall and bought a webcam that they could point at that thermometer so that they could view it remotely and then we said okay my gosh this is hacky yeah. as it can as it can get we can definitely do a lot better than that what I like though is I like that's that's just IT people that we all know and work with constantly that are going I'm gonna solve this problem I have no budget I know how to make this work yep. and so even if they know it probably could or should be done better they're like this will this will band-aid it for now you know and but you're right I agree with it it needs to be something different but uh, okay and you guys make cameras but you don't want us buying you're saying you don't want us getting a Meraki camera and pointing it at a mercury thermometer yeah, we we have a much we have a That's much not more what you're elegant solution either. than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we can do we we have um, we have a sensor just for that. So our you know it's a lot more scalable. You can deploy it a lot faster. I love the tenacity um, and the can-do attitude of the IT buyer. You know yeah. the IT customers that we sell to. But hey, uh, you know even though you have that that work ethic, let's let's uh, let's save you some headache and and do do you a favor uh, with some empty sensors. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And then on top of that, some other reasons why uh, organizations might want this data, they want to make sure that their equipment lives as long as possible. If their equipment is losing lifetime because of uh, they're, they're operating outside of uh, recommended temperature and humidity ranges, they'll obviously not live as long and you're spending more money to replace these more often than intended. And at the end of the day, what we care about is customer satisfaction. When um, not only when, even if your network does not go completely offline, um, if you're spending time replacing that equipment, that can also affect, uh, you know, uh, service serviceability for your customers, and that's something we want to avoid as well. Yeah. Yeah, you want to optimize wherever you can. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, something that I want to call out is, you know, when we took a look at data across the field in terms of. Um, what a single hour of downtime could mean for an organization. We saw metrics as high as a single hour of downtime could mean $400,000 uh, per hour um, of loss, of operational loss for, for the customer. So this is a real problem and something that unfortunately a lot of organizations don't think about until it's too late. They think about it yeah. reactively rather than proactively. That's and like so that's, 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 that's something we yeah, want to change. Expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jennifer, thanks so much for for uh, you know spending your time with us. Yeah, I can't <laughs> you know, tell you what with, it costs. With the that expertise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And we, we touched on this earlier um, about uh, long deployment times. Uh, you know, customer. You know, sensors are not new, but we see that sensors sensor offerings out there today are just not simple. There's so many decisions that customers have to make when deploying them today, and we've simplified that with 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 what we've built. Um, so we, we can get into um, what exactly we've done to solve these, these problems. Oh, you're building me up so, here on the tension. Okay. Current yeah. solutions are not simple. And uh, like, like I've said, we, we can do better. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rob, should I get into it? Should I, should I? Yeah. Do you want to switch and... over here? I'll, I'll take the screen away for just a second. Let you swap over. Is this where we go into? Cause this Jennifer and I were joking about this. We're like, and, and this is not meant as a negative, but it's like Meraki, we're going to see the dashboard. Guarantee it. Better. They're going to show us a dashboard. It's going to be the yeah. dashboard. Because why not? Well, that's well, that's uh, what we love. Oh, no, you're not, you're yeah. not to that yet. Okay, yeah. Not, the, not yet. No. Sorry. So many so many slides here. I'm but, trying to um, accelerate you. I apologize. Yeah, let's go. No, no, okay. These are actual sensors, though. I like it. That's what you meant. I like it. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So this is our first phase of our MT sensors. Um, okay. We've got the temperature and humidity sensor, MT10, MT12, our water leak sensor, and MT20, our door open, close, or intrusion sensor. Um, so uh, we've got big plans for phase two and beyond, but this is where we're starting in phase one. Um, all of our sensors have some pretty cool features. So they've got, um, they, they operate using AA user replaceable batteries, but the user does not have to worry about replacing them for a while because uh, they're getting five years off of a single charge. And oh, our right. engineering team worked pretty hard to make that happen. So r really proud to be able to put that at the forefront. Mm. Uh, for wireless connectivity, we're using uh, BLE, Bluetooth Low Energy. And the combination of them being battery powered and wireless uh, just gives ultimate flexibility for the customer. They yeah. don't have to route any cables. They just put the batteries in, uh, mount them wherever they want, and you're going to start getting data. You know, it strikes and me lastly, whenever, we, whenever we look at wireless products, and I know this is not just Cisco because it's just the way it has to be, is I bet uh, major U, uh, product designers are not rushing to the wireless industry saying, oh, I can't wait to design the next white device. Um, you know, the next white oblong object. It, it's because it, you want these things to be very discreet. And it's like, oh, they're always, we get excited to look at it, but we're really thinking of the capability uh, that, that it represents. But it's always, yeah, it's always, uh, it's always less, less than other, some other products get to play with in terms of their color schemes and, and their layouts and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. We, we, we're trying to make these as small as possible. Yeah, go ahead, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for the temperature for the temperature humidity sensor, I see that it uh, gets a five year battery life. Um, how often for that one um, are metrics collected in the area? Because I know water leak would detect detect when there's water present, and a door open close is like when something happens. But for the temperature and humidity, is it like once a minute, once a thirty seconds, and is that adjustable? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good insightful question there, Jennifer. So we're we're sampling every two minutes on the temperature and humidity sensor. We, you know, it was a trade off between sampling really high and that's uh, eating into the battery life, but also sampling uh, often enough so that if something um, an emergency situation were to happen, you know, temperature and humidity rising in your spaces and you wanting to act quickly, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that sampling rate was often enough. So two minutes was the right middle ground, the, the Goldilocks uh, just right the, um, middle ground that we found there. Okay. And then uh, the last thing I just want to call out is that um, so these sensors, in case they lose connectivity or if you're moving stuff around um, in your deployment, we also uh, have a bunch of onboard storage. So uh, we store data for up to five days. Um, and as soon as the sensor regains connectivity, it'll upload all the data to the cloud. So we, you have that resiliency there as well. Um, yeah, are you going to get into how they, so they're BLE, but are they communicating with the wireless access points? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that? Rob, oh, the, the name of the show is is no bad Wi-Fi. So we, we definitely have okay. to tie it back to Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, so here on the next slide, we... Um, Here's an example of how these sensors would be deployed in a network closet or a server room. We're sensing for high temperature and humidity in this space. Also, water leaks from uh, plumbing problems or water leaking in during a storm, that kind of thing. MT20 um, is here on the doors, uh, sensing for unauthorized access, potentially somebody going in there and tampering with the equipment. But um, good segue. The, the other thing I want to tie back to on, on the back of this image is the this MV camera and also this MR uh, wireless AP in the back. So the, the next thing we want to tie into is the fact that we're leveraging existing Meraki equipment 
to be the wireless Bluetooth gateways for our sensors. So if the customer has a Wi-Fi 6 MR wireless AP or a MB camera, they, you know, those um, you know, we announced earlier this year have Bluetooth antennas on board that can talk to our sensors. So a lot of customers, even though they haven't spent a single dollar on, on MT, are finding that they already have half of the solution. And I think I, I do think that that's critical because, you know, one of the first things, as I, as I kind of mentioned on the consumer example, but it's going to happen anywhere, is you're always, almost in every situation, I don't know if any not, you're always looking at a gateway. It's an additional device that's got to sit on the network. It's got to be managed. It's got to be um, potentially, depending on how it's communicating, it may need to be in a certain radius from the, uh, you know, reachable, given the, the type of technology being used. But you guys... Uh, are already built that in. You had thought about that well before you revealed anyway to the public that you were going to be coming out with these. So that the the master plan is revealing itself here. I like that. Yeah, cool. it was um, it was a nice little Easter egg that we were able to surprise everybody with in, in February this year. So yeah. uh, so really happy that it was able to happen. But you've got the camera there too. So the camera is also has a BLE receiver. Yes, that's correct. And um, uh, so BLE, it's a two point four gigahertz protocol. Um, so you can you can uh, assume about similar range that you would get for 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. just quick question to Jennifer. Jennifer, have you been seeing? Do you feel like the 2.4 band is is opening up more nowadays as people have moved to five? Because yeah, yeah, what they call the junk yeah, band exactly. historically? People have migrated. Yeah, well, it used to be considered like a, some people in the industry said that 2.4 was dead. Um, and to just ignore it. Some people said, you know, use it for best effort. Um, some people said, put your, uh, this is slow Wi-Fi SSID on the 2.4 so that it would force people like by choice to get on right. the five gigahertz. Um, but I see, I see lots of things still leverage the 2.4 and I think more client devices are on the five. So I think it's not as bad as we thought it was gonna be at one point in time. I think 2.4 is also good for this application in the sense that that's, those totally. wavelengths are gonna penetrate better Totally. For longer distances, right? So you've got—they're yeah. not as finicky uh, as some of these others. Mm -hmm. Bigger reach. So I think that's going to continue. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Good, good callouts across the board. Yeah. And um, you know, something we talked about earlier was not having the customer have to choose um, like a different vendor for every single component. Mm -hmm. So what we've built here is an all-in-one solution where we own all three pieces. The, the sensor itself, the gateway, and also the management platform on top, and that's the, the Meraki dashboard in the cloud. And this affords us two things. Uh, first of all, it's really secure. Um, so we're able to do, we're not using just standard VLE encryption here. We were able to come up with our own encryption scheme and we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't own all the different pieces. We have the trusted, man, uh, trusted anchor module on the empty sensor itself and that establishes a secure, unique device identity that uh, is used in the key exchange between the sensor and the gateway. Boy, that's and then the other thing is, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, oh, there's yeah, been a lot of stuff in the news. Uh, you know, it just comes and goes, of course, like all security stories do. But anything from, you know, long-term issues in the TCP stack or something getting leveraged to, to work your way through, you know, IoT becomes that next big landscape because people add them on the network and they're making the mistake of keeping them in the same VLAN and, uh, or just different, you know, issues, but you guys, true to Moroccification, um, you probably are addressing a lot of these things because you you have the entire ecosystem all within this flow here, it looks like. I like that. It makes a ton of sense for, for success in this business, I think. Yeah, it seems like 
you know, every week we see some headline of an, of somebody else in the market getting hacked. And we just wanted to make sure that that's not, you know, that's something that we want to open ourselves up to. So we're definitely there to defend against any man in the middle attacks or any malicious software, any malicious firmware getting uploaded, uh, uploaded to our devices. The other part of this is that um, we just wanted to make things really simple. Um, we, it, it's as simple as just putting, you know, putting the battery into your MT sensor and putting it into the same network as your MR wireless AP or your MV camera. And then we do the rest. We find the best gateway for your sensor to connect to. And all of a sudden you're getting data on, on your dashboard. Very nice. Um, and with that, I can now, now switch over to, to the dashboard. Yeah. Now we to get to, the, okay. To demo. We'll let you switch over to see the demo. Because I am curious, one of the things I thank you for is that, I, from what I understand, you actually ship the AA batteries as well with the sensors. And I don't know why I love that, because I have a, a large stash that I buy in bulk of different size batteries, because I'm that dad. But... Um, but I just love when the batteries come. I'm like, okay, excellent. I, I assume they're not going to last as long as my EverReadies or my Amazon ripoffs, whichever one I happen to be using at the moment. But um, I, I don't know. It's a nice touch. So you guys include the batteries, I think. Am I correct on that? Yeah, that's Silly. correct. Yeah, you know, with, with Christmas coming up, it brings back memories um, as a child. Like the worst thing ever on Christmas was when you get this awesome toy and then oh. you find out the batteries aren't included. Parents didn't <laughs> so, slow down and just make sure that that was all ready to go. Or that you have to charge for 24 hours before you can start using it. You know, and they didn't do a yeah. charge at the factory. I'm like, oh, come on, people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Way to ruin Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the so this looks like, if I'm not mistaken, the same dashboard that we might be using for wireless security, switching, routing, um, Meraki in general. Is this this? There's no. It there's is no literally unique. Literally, the single pane of glass. Like this uh, is true. Like this is true. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't have put it better myself. Um, this is the same go. Meraki same dashboard thing. that uh, that everybody already knows and loves that our customers are already using to manage their um, their routers, their switches, cameras, wireless APs. So just one click away, you can also manage your MT sensors. So as soon as you add that sensor to the, your network, you're all of a sudden going to see this new environmental tab show up. And then you'll be brought to the dashboard. Um, you'll be able to see if you know how many sensors are online or offline, how many sensors are alerting or not alerting, if everything is green and good, or if there's anything red um, alerting that, you, that needs your attention. So, um, and then from there, you can also take a look at the individual sensor readings themselves coming in um, on a sensor by sensor basis. And then going one level deeper, you can also take a look at the data coming in on, on a minute by minute basis. This is what Jennifer asked about earlier, the time resolution. Um, so you can scroll across the time series graph and see all the data readings and also change the time resolution as well, um, taking a look at things for the past couple hours out to the last week um, and, and be able to see data trends there. I'm curious on this one. So obviously this is built. You guys are more than likely going to add more sensors. I'm sure there was some careful study done with this is what we're launching with, but you're building a foundation here to really expand this over time depending on what customer needs are. I would imagine, like most Meraki dashboards, there's probably easy customer feedback within the dashboard for um, uh, for kind of letting product managers, engineers know what you either like or don't like. It always seems like you guys have a nice embedded way of getting feedback. But um, uh, I forgot where I was going. Is, is this data, 
exportable or shareable in a, in a common way in which, so if I wanted it to work with other platforms, either I'm already invested in or, or something else I'm doing that's really unique in my area, there's ways to maybe do that. Yeah, yeah, lots of good things that you touch on there, Rob. So yeah, in terms of exportability, uh, we uh, offer push notifications, SMS alerts, um, and also email if you want to receive notifications. That way we know that when you know things are critical inside of your network closet server room, time is of the essence and you wanna be uh, told as soon as possible. So the, you know, uh, SMS push is a great way to do that. Uh, we also have APIs and webhooks, so you can fire off a webhook alert to tie into your IT team Slack channel, for example, and you can get alerts that way. Um, if you want to, if you're a data uh, scientist and you want to take a look and, and, and massage the data, take a look at insights uh, for your organization, you can also export this data via Excel and CSV format. Um, so that's, that's something to call out there. Um, and it's, it's funny. Uh, so in terms of being able to give product managers like me feedback, you can scroll down to the bottom of this page and there's that make a wish button. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little cut off uh, on the screen, but oh, um, like yep. you know, believe it or not, we actually we actually take a look at uh, the the um, the requests that come in, and that's actually how we found our first beta customers, people that were specifically asking for ways to see oh, temperature and humidity data. They, they were our first beta customers, and they when, when we got on a call with them, they're like, oh my god, people actually look at um, you know the requests that I put in over the years. So yeah, yeah just a shout out to that. Awesome. Yeah. I figured that was the case. Yeah. Well, what else? Um, Anything some other else things to call out? Yeah. Yeah. So some other things to call out. Um, I think a question we got earlier was whether or not we show the battery percentage. So we, we do call that out Thank so you. that you can see how much battery life you have left. Um, and also some troubleshooting tools. So in case you're seeing connectivity problems on some of your nodes, we do show the RSSI signal strength to all the gateways that are in your network. Um, a RSSI signal strength of negative 85 dBm or greater is considered to be a good connection. Anything less than that, um, you might want to do a couple of things. You can move the sensor closer to a gateway, uh, move the gateway closer to the sensor, or even deploy new a new gateway, uh, a new router, uh, or a uh, MV camera to give better coverage over that space. And I guess obviously, if you lose connectivity for any length of time, that's a, probably a built-in alert to let you know. Because my thing is, you start getting multiple things out there, and I'm like, ah, do I have in my, you know, is the system keeping track of the fact I should have 80 of these things reporting in, but there's only 78, you know? I wouldn't notice that in a spreadsheet type layout, but certainly it's easy to learn off of, I assume. Yeah, exactly. We says that if you have a signal strength of neg 80 or worse, you need another AP in that environment. Oh, that's interesting. So not even just a disconnection, but a bad signal strength. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because this changes, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, you will have connectivity at that, but it's not going to be awesome. Has it has it changed, Jennifer? And we may want to ask Eka how this, but has it has this emergence of more devices like this changed the site survey uh, objectives and what you measure for? I assume knowing that maybe this is going to potentially be a, a say you're setting up a new site and you're providing advice and you're doing measurements. It's so now it's not just about connectivity for people or devices it's from not that just perspective. About signal yeah. strength. It's not just about the signal to noise ratio. You have to plan for future proofing against uh, client density. So you still tend to have more access points. But yeah, if you've got client device showing a, a neg 80 signal strength, that, that tells me that you probably don't have enough APs. Now, I'm not saying that you just put them up like air fresheners because you can get into trouble that way too. 
but it, it's an indicator that there's not a whole lot of Wi-Fi coverage of that area. Mm -hmm. You should take a look at it. And not just Wi-Fi, obviously, but BLE and and how that pro yeah. how that signal well, propagates with, with and that, measuring for that. Yeah, with that, the yeah. Wi-Fi has BLE, and you know, yeah, there's a lot of fine print. It's not the no bad BLE show, so. but you know, we can only. <laughs> it's, it could be because it is yeah. Wi-Fi. It's the it's B, B, well, BLE is just just five. No or... bad unlicensed spectrum is too long. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll go <laughs> That's with that. Too long. It's just how do we boil that down into an acronym? All right. So sorry, Anthony, but thanks for helping us brainstorm our next show name. <laughs> yeah, we, we might run into some character limits uh, on that hashtag there, but no. Yeah, I, we'll I like, the I like the on that. It's all about yeah. acronyms. We just need to boil down to the right acronyms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing I could show is how easy it is to set up your, your alert profiles. So I've got some here. Um, you know, critical damage happening in your data center or server room, network closet, um, intruder alerts. So these are just some of the ones that I've named, but I can also walk you through the process of creating a new one. You can yeah. give it whatever name you want, you know, if things are on fire. Um, uh, and then from there, you can add all the different conditions that you want to alert on. Temperature, humidity, rising or falling, uh, water being detected or not, door opening and closing. You can change the the units that you're using Fahrenheit or Celsius, depending on what type, you know, what area of the world you're in. And then here's something that I really want to call attention to is how easy it is to add um, alert recipients uh, on, on this. You can type in whatever email address that you'd like, whatever SMS number you'd like. We, we recognize that a lot of times the people that want to be receiving these alerts don't have Meraki dashboard accounts. A lot of times it's potentially somebody on the facilities team or somebody on the security team and you know, you know, to save them the hassle of setting up a new account, you can just type in their email address or phone number, and they'd be able yeah. to receive everything you want them to see. That's interesting. It also reminds me, and maybe you're going to go to this next, but just the whole how you guys have addressed maybe the onboarding process, because that's just a royal pain in the arse that we kind of spoke to earlier in most situations. But I assume it's, if it's Moroccified, then it's just kind of a claiming thing. I would assume. Yeah. Um, so on our, you know, we, we, there's several ways to add your devices to the network just to save you the process. You know, we really thought about the customer that might be deploying hundreds or thousands of these across um, all of your, all of your sites. And, you know, we, we want this to be a process that you can do literally in minutes or hours rather than days and weeks. So there's a number of ways you can do it. You you know, as soon as you do your purchase order and get that order number, you can simply just go to your organization, go to the inventory tab and claim everything at once. You can just type in your order number. And if you put in an order for a thousand sensors, all of them will get claimed. And um, as soon as you put batteries into them, then the Meraki magic will take care of the rest and you'll start getting data for the, those thousand sensors. Um, the other way we, we, we recognize that a lot of times somebody will not have access to a workstation and a Meraki dashboard as they're walking around a site and installing them. So we've also built the ability into the Meraki mobile app to scan the, uh, so I've got a, got a sensor in my hand right now, okay. to scan the QR code on, on the yeah. back. So you can scan the QR code. Oh, hold that up again. That I got you well. on. I focused on you now. Okay. Yeah, there, there you go. A little out of focus, uh, but okay, that's cool. I like those kind of things, yeah. but I like best the fact that you said I can do this in bulk. 
I didn't think yeah. I was thinking about making it easier to do them one on one, which I would have been impressed by. But you're really saying, oh, no, no, you just put in the order number. And of course, you know what matches up. And then if any aren't showing up, then you're now you're working off what's not there versus just adding onto the list and then checking it later. Jeez, that's awesome. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, thank you very much. I'll see you all next time. Well, all right, it's time to jump over and find out what's happening in the ATC. And to be fair, Kate, it's good to meet you again. We've been on a couple of different things, but Jennifer said, oh, we got to bring in Kate. And, and to be fair, you're not working in the Advanced Technology Center, and you were a bit concerned when I put that on screen, if I remember, because you said, I don't work in there, but you've been putting solutions in there that relate directly to what Anthony's been covering on the Meraki side and these sensors, but you're taking it even further and so uh, I just open it up and say, what else do we need to understand and how can customers begin to interact with uh, some of the stuff that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I don't work in the ATC, but very closely with the folks that do work in the ATC. They're all incredible and phenomenal to work with, but I just felt like it was really necessary to make sure that we get a lot of this equipment into the ATC so that our customers can get their hands on it and demo it themselves and use it and really see how cool the capabilities of it are. Fantastic. All right, so uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that even though the Meraki sensors were really very new, they weren't new to you. Um, you've been poking on them, and you've been doing it. Can you share kind of what you've got going on? Really lucky to have gotten an early look at the sensors, and with my role in the work that I've done with the cameras, and the cameras acting as the gateway for the sensors, it was kind of a perfect match to go ahead and get my hands on the sensors and start playing around with those two and make sure that we got them into our lab as soon as possible for testing. If you go ahead and go out to WWT.com, up here in this right-hand corner, if you're already logged in, you will see my WWT. But if you're not logged in, in place of this, you'll see a login and register option. If you have a username already, go ahead and log in. But if you need to, you can click on register and create an account. Once you create an account and you're all logged in, you're going to want to go ahead and click on this ATC option here. And I encourage everybody out there to set up and schedule time to go through everything that's available to you in the ATC. But for today, we're going to go ahead and focus on the labs. So on the left side here, let's go ahead and click on labs. And since we're looking at Meraki, in the search tab here, we'll go ahead and click on Meraki. So we'll notice down here under networking, we do have a phenomenal SD-WAN Meraki lab and also a switching and security lab for Meraki that are great. But for the purposes of today, I want to go ahead and focus in on the Meraki MV Smart Camera Lab, which now includes the sensors as well. So let's click on View Lab. This will give you a quick solution overview. Uh, we're going to see some goals and objectives, the hardware that's included, the Cisco and Meraki technology. Uh, but just to make it really easy, we're just going to go ahead and click on Launch Lab. This is an on-demand lab. So it's just going to take a second here, and it's going to say, we have success. Let's go view the labs. Now, that's going to take you to the labs page. Another way to navigate to this page is to click on my WWT like we talked about in the beginning and click on the labs tab over on the left hand side and it's going to show you all the labs that are available to you. Um, pretty clear I, I launch this lab quite often and demo this often so you can see that's the lab that I, I've got up here a lot but we're going to click on access lab and then we're going to click on open an ATC lab gateway. So what's happening now is the, the lab is launching on a virtual desktop. It's going to load up on the screen here. 
and you're going to have your lab guide on the left-hand side. We've got the entire overview, the page you saw before, uh, the solution overview, the modules that are in the lab, the hardware that's in the lab, um, and all those awesome things. But also up here, there's a little hamburger menu. So if we click on that hamburger menu, we're going to see all the different things that we can see within this lab. I'm going to go ahead and jump down to the introduction just to skip forward a little bit. And this introduction is going to take you through exactly how to log into the Meraki dashboard and get your hands on this awesome equipment. And it's going to provide a username and a password. So the first thing we want to do is launch the Chrome app on the desktop. It's going to take us right to the login page. And as you can see, the username is cached in here. So we're going to go ahead and log in using that information. Now, this is the Meraki dashboard. If you're familiar with the Meraki dashboard, you'll notice that we have an MX device, an MS device, and then we have cameras, and sensors are down here under the environmental tab. If you're not familiar with the Meraki dashboard, the great thing about this lab and all of our labs is every module will take you step-by-step step exactly how to do everything, so you don't have to worry about that. I but for that. the purposes of today, yeah, it's pretty great, right? So, But for the purposes of today, I'm just going to skip right to the environmental tab we're going to go to the overview and just take a look at how cool these sensors are and the technology that you can get your hands on. So this is the main page within the dashboard that you will see when you pull up the environmental tab. And you'll notice under the alerting sensors, we have set up an alert for temperature, and we've also set up an alert for water detection. But as it stands today, we have not set up alerts for humidity or door open, door closed, just because of the location that we have these sensors in for demo purposes. You also can see across the top, as with everything with Meraki, it's super simple to see exactly which devices are online, and if any are offline or alerting, and you need to take action. So I'm going to go ahead and click on the Sensors tab. That's going to show us each of the different sensors. So as Anthony probably took you through, there's a temperature and humidity sensor, a door open, door closed sensor, and a water leak detection sensor. So as you can see right from this front page, we can see the temperature in Fahrenheit and also the humidity setting, the humidity percentage for the device where this sensor is sitting. For the door open, door close sensor, every time it's along this flat line, the door is closed, and anytime you see a spike, that door is open. So the door's been open quite a bit today. Uh, a lot of folks have been in and out of there, uh, but currently the door is closed. And for that water leak sensor, a flat line is dry. That's good. If we see a spike in that line, that will indicate water, and, uh, and that's bad, especially if these sensors are in a data center. How long do you think it'll be before we can put that door open, close sensor trigger with a screen grab from the security camera, the Rocky camera that can see that door? Yeah, that's a great question. So that capability actually exists today. Here at WWT, we went ahead and took that door open, door close alert, and we've developed further upon those uh, APIs. And actually, what that's going to look like is something just like this. Um, so you can see we've got the door open, door closed status. And at one point, that door open alerted. And we're able to just take a snapshot right from the camera that's near that door and see exactly who's coming in and out of there. Um, so that's a great question. And that's a really strong capability and great reason to tie these solutions together. And that's just tip of the iceberg, right? In terms of the correlation yeah. that you're working towards with just picture any sensor combination of sensor things that you could begin to build rule sets based on because Meraki's got open API access with these things. So that's going to continue to get better. 
I assume as they continue to uh, iterate in those and come out with more sensors. Yeah, we hope, right? And that's been that's kind of been what's happened in the past is they just keep getting better. Um, another thing, you know, that you can do is really just tie those into some sort of an IoT alert. So, um, you know, a door opened or a temperature spiked. Somebody needs to be alerted. Those alerts that we set up, they can come in via an SMS message. When we tie that together with a camera API, we're able to actually send somebody a link and say, hey. This door was just open. Here's a link to go look at live video and see why that door was open if it wasn't supposed to be. Uh, another one of the really cool use cases that we're working on is with the vaccines, and it's really very timely. So these vaccines are in transit and en route to their locations. And, you know, we can utilize Meraki product sets, take an MG, their gateway, take an MV, the camera, and an MT, the sensor, and pile that all together and you can have like, you know, remote monitoring on wheels with sensor alerts. And the first sensor that you might think of is that temperature sensor, but these vaccines need to be cooled to a very drastic temperature. So what we really want to use is a door open, door close sensor right on the truck that it's being shipped in. And if you know delivery scheduled at 5 p.m. and that truck door opens at 3 p.m., why? We need to take action. We need to use gaining unauthorized access. That vaccine. Yeah. So, um, really, really timely solution. Really great use of these uh, devices, and and you're doing that on the road, which I just think is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, so let me ask you. So, one thing I love on the labs uh, that you're sharing there is is I chuckled at that point of of the fact that you guys lay it out so that if I don't know anything about the solution, I still should not be worried about, well, what am I going to do? I've, you know, you're not just giving access to the interface and saying, have at it. And you kind of have to figure out, well, what things should I be doing? You're saying, go through these steps and you'll come away with a, with a comfort level. That's probably a lot different than any other method uh, to see how things work. And you don't have to go in with any kind of an agenda prior uh, or worry about developing ones. I, I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a few yeah. ways where you can actually get access to the Meraki dashboard and get this kind of hands-on yeah. yeah, this yeah, this is the only, you know, end customer facing on demand lab where you can just log in and start taking a look at cameras, start taking a look at sensors. Um, this is this is the only way to way to do that without getting cameras of your own and running cables and, you know, finding somewhere to hang them up. I've done it multiple times. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's a lot. This, this is easier. And, you know, with the simplicity there, like you said, Rob, we'll, we'll take you through step by step. And when you're done with these labs, you'll know exactly what That's you're awesome. doing. If we go ahead and just choose one of these, right? Um, let's just let's just jump in and see a little bit more detail. So one of the things that we can do is where we set that alert, we'll see a red line. So anytime the temperature approaches that red line, it meets that red line, we'll get that SMS alert, um, or it'll trigger the API if we've done an API integration. But you can kind of take this out and take a look over the last month. And what this is going to show you is your temperature over the last month, your humidity over the last month, your averages in here, any spikes, any highs or lows. So you can really start to track that. You can find out, hey, maybe there is one day of the month where the temperature on a device that this temperature sensor is sitting on spikes. And I don't really need to worry about that because I know it's going to normalize, you know, after after that is done running, whatever it's running, reports on Monday morning, whatever that might be. So um, just a really nice way to really understand kind of what's going on in your environment over the course of time. Perfect. Well, now let me ask you, is there anything else that you need to cover? Is that, uh, I feel like you can talk forever, which I like, I don't mean to cut you off from that perspective. No, I mean, this is exciting technology. I'm very passionate about it. I probably could go on for much longer, but I think, I think, 
I think we will return to you in the future. I think uh, there's more to cover, and I appreciate that. But, Kay, it's good to see you again, and thank you for, uh, for what you're doing there and tying all this stuff together. And with that, let's continue on with the show. Well, hey, guys, it's time for our check-in with Excel Techs. And, of course, that means Carter Burke. So happy to see you. Hope you have been well. We've been talking Meraki IoT. I'm not sure exactly how much that's going to fit into what you guys do, but I bet you're going to teach us a few things. So, Carter, good to see you. Welcome back. It fits into a bunch of what we do. We do a lot of stuff with Meraki. have a lot of friends over there, have been for a while. Uh, Yeah, so just a little bit about, you know, when you look at our, our offering, so you know, if you go to the slide, uh, I guess slide three that kind of talks about kind of our product line, just like we do with Cisco's core product, you know, we have our main line products, whether it's antennas, enclosures, mounts, and site survey tools, just like we do with what I call the Aeronet product. Uh, we have the same offerings uh, around the Meraki product. Uh, and actually, we've really been having a lot of conversations with them on what's coming up next and what's the future going to look like, which is really cool because you're going to see them continue to come out with some neat product. Uh, and our goal is how do we stay ahead of the curve uh, on coming out with our core solutions uh, around whether, like I said, something like antennas, which is obviously near and dear to us, but even just more of the uh, not as sexy products like the enclosures and mounts. But yeah, we do a lot of stuff with uh, with uh, Meraki right now and have for, for many years. Uh, and uh, if you want to go, uh, you can scroll through the, the next I'll scroll through a couple of slides. You're the one that's scrolling, so I'll leave your, your I know, control I'm the scrolling. slides. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You take us wherever you want to, man. So, yeah. So, yeah, again, so when you think about our antennas, we have them all, you know, set up to go with uh, with Meraki. You know, Meraki's kind of a kind of a unique, not necessarily unique, but they, they use different connectors for wherever radios. Some of their radios have in-style. Some have RPTNC. Not a problem with us. We try to make sure we cover both. Uh, connectors so that depending on what the radio is, uh, we're going to be able to uh, service this. And some of our just normal, you know, whether it's one of our, you know, nice little Omnis that you're used to or patch antennas, all of them we have them ready to go to work with all the different Meraki products, uh, uh, whichever uh, radio you're working with, and even our high density patches. We even have like a little uh, offering matrix here. So if you're really trying to understand what antennas go with each radio, uh, and the cool thing is you can go to our website and we have it listed. You can say, I've got the MR42 or the 53E or whatever, you know, like this guy. If you have the 53E, this particular radio, you can go to our website and it'll tell you what product works with each one. But a couple new products and some and use cases I want to talk about because that's going to kind of make it more real for people. We actually are just launching. This was actually done for uh, – originally for the retail space, but we're seeing it a lot. We're actually launching a 30 degree by 30 degree patch for Meraki, as well as a 60 degree by 60 degree patch for Meraki. Both two brand new antennas, uh, again, a lot for the retail space, but you'll see people using it in all different applications. A couple of really cool solutions we've done around uh, the camera solutions. So this was even prior to COVID. A lot of people saying, you know, we love the Meraki camera, but we want to put it somewhere where we don't have power. Like, okay, and maybe do some kind of backhaul, you know, over cellular or whatever. So we've come up with some really neat, all-contained units that are completely remote, off-grid, designed to be self-contained, outdoor rated. And really, depending on where you're at in the country, we can, you know, get on the call. And if you're in Southern California, obviously, solar power works great. If you're in the northern part, we just have to size it differently. But if you see on the right, it's a real clean package where 
The Meraki camera just easily fits on the bottom of our, our weatherized enclosures. And inside of it, you know, we have our charge controller, all the all the, the intelligence around what we're doing with remote power. But this is something we're actually our, our solar power with any of our Wi-Fi offerings, uh, whether it's you know Cisco Internet, Cisco Meraki, or what have you, is booming right now. Because again, people uh-huh. want they want power everywhere and they want coverage everywhere, but they also want to have eyes everywhere. So you know, put a, a Meraki camera somewhere and you have eyes now. You can see what's going on. So that's kind of a cool solution we've been doing now for several years but in the last year has really taken off. This is a cool one that we're, we're actually working on. I wish I could tell you who the cu- customers, but I can't, but it's actually designed for the Meraki camera, but for temporary power. Like you want power for like six to eight hours and have a camera for six to eight hours, but then you want to be able to remove it, take it back in and charge it. And then maybe the next day come stick it. But the cool thing about this one is all self-contained. It's mag mounted, which means you can go s- stick it on something like a, a pole and maybe have temporary, you know, camera power for six hours. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna go grab it and I'm gonna take it That's off and go put cool. it somewhere else the next day. Yeah, so maybe again, you have some place that has a lot of metal that you just wanna stick it. Really cool and it's, and I know uh, Jen's very familiar with our accelerator battery pack. It actually has our little accelerator as the power source. But the whole goal was to be maximum portability and have eyes wherever you want it. And it's actually, the current design is for the cruise industry. So think about a cruise ship with a lot of metal. You can pop these somewhere that maybe you're like, you know, we're going to do an event here. We just want to have eyes right now on this one area, you know, just for six hours, five hours, whatever, a small amount of time. But when we're done, we're going to pop it off and go take it, you know, maybe somewhere else the next day. Kind of a cool application. We're still in process, but this is some of the custom stuff we get pulled into with Meraki uh, around the camera technology, which is kind of cool. Now, when you're just talking about the good old radio, I mean, obviously, even forget the IoT part, just a lot of people love Meraki just because of, of a lot of the uh, the ways it works. This act actually is a picture from a very large food distributor uh, in North America, and they were having all kinds of problems getting you know coverage down their warehouse racks. They wanted to install the Meraki. It was actually the 42E. What I held up there was a 53E, but it was a 42E. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that was not the 42E, but it was a, a, uh, the 42E. And what they did is with this particular antenna, if you're still showing my screen, maybe you are, yep. uh, uh, yeah. they were able to beam down from the ceiling using the 42E and get awesome coverage up and down the hallways or the hallways, the aisleways of the distribution center. That way, when their forklifts were running up and down these 60-foot tall ceilings, they were getting great coverage everywhere which is nice again. So we were able to use an antenna beaming straight down our, what we call our warehouse antenna. And now we have a half warehouse antenna, which is like the little brother for uh, smaller warehouses, but still nice size warehouses. But anyway, so that's kind of some of the cool stuff we've been doing around Meraki. Uh, we continue to stay in real close contact with that group uh, and uh, trying to make sure we're coming out with latest and greatest stuff to keep supporting their radios especially now as we start getting into, you know, the next, next phase of 60 and all that good stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Jennifer, you have any other questions? No, I don't have any questions. I know that it's really hard to get good coverage in a warehouse and having antennas that throw the RF where you want it is the, is the critical point. So thanks for making great antennas. Yeah. We we try to make it where you can be cover everywhere and maybe use even, even fewer APs if you can and get away with it uh, and still get the coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Carter. Appreciate your time as always. Always learn something new. Hey, thank you. You guys have a great one. I appreciate the time.
right. Well, it's time for our segment with Ekahal. Ansi's back with us, sheltering, I believe, Ansi, in uh, uh, your, you're in snow-covered area and you're under quarantine. You got all kinds of good stuff happening in near Finland, or where did you say you are exactly? I'm um, I'm in Finland near Helsinki. Yes, that's correct. Sheltering okay. here, and uh, we we got a lot of snow, so that's a good reason not to go out. Stay inside and uh, stay warm, stay safe. You're probably so used to snow. The few times I get it, even heavy rain, for some reason gives me this feeling of, hey, it's a good time to just draw in and 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 focus on, I don't know, it just becomes good reading or writing time for me uh, and getting things done. It puts me in a different mindset. I don't know if you get that at all with snow. No, much more no. We would be doing just reading for three months in a row. So, you know, that's actually a best time. <laughs> yeah, it's not special. Skating. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah not exactly. Special, you get Rob. your teeth or skates and... You go outside and you do some fun, something fun. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I understand that you're. Uh, as we look at the current environment coming up, a lot of changes to Wi-Fi, good stuff happening, and it's also a good time. You were thinking to kind of step over and and share kind of what you guys are doing on the analysis front. Um, I'll let you fill in the correct words, but um, please let us know what Ekahau could be doing to help us prepare to take full advantage of everything happening as we move forward. Right, right. Well, um, I, I think it's a uh, you know January beginning of the year so it's good to talk a little bit about coming things and and the, and the next year that we have ahead of us it's certainly going to be the better than the previous one right Couldn't but the be um, worse, i would hope from, yeah. yeah yeah exactly so from a, a wi-fi design point of view and a wi-fi optimization point of view this is going to be a very very interesting year because um you know the the six gigahertz uh networks the first access points i think are going to hit the market uh this year yeah, and then correct me so, if I'm so wrong. Is this the six E? Um, is the designation? So, is this so, what we're speaking of with the new, yeah. the new um, uh, uh, area being opened up uh, in terms of right? Um, uh, it's uh, yeah, much much bigger spectrum available, a wider spectrum available, yeah. and um, it brings more capacity. It brings uh, reduces the the latency, and and oh, of course that's a, that's a very interesting proposition in in, in many areas where already. Uh, where already the five gigahertz networks are, are getting overloaded or crowded. So you're not here to say so, that ECA has not, not prepared to analyze this part of the spectrum, or are you guys ready for the spectrum? Of course we are. Of course we are ready for yeah. for, for that. So so um, I figured it was. Let me uh, right. let me explain a little bit on the on the on the thinking side. So okay. um, uh, this is uh, how we are. Uh, basically structuring the the uh, life cycle of the of a Wi-Fi network. So originally there is the there is the design part and where the networks gets designed, and and obviously after that there is the the deployment and and validation part, and and then when the network is up and running, uh, occasionally there is a need to do further health checks and optimization, or in in some problem cases you also need to do troubleshooting and and fixing accordingly. And, and once the once the network has reached the end of its life cycle, uh, there's a start. There's the time to start the cycle again. So designing how do you upgrade from the current version uh, into the next version. So in this case, uh, your the existing 2.4 gigahertz network or 5 giga net, giga, uh, gigahertz network gets upgraded into a 6 gigahertz network. Right. Now that is um, it's not going to be a clean cut. Because you know all the devices that we have, all the laptops, all the all, all the smartphones, all the tablets uh, are already supporting the existing standards. So, so there's not going to be a 
rip and replace. You can't just take out all of your existing access points and replace them with the new ones. You actually need to make sure that your network is backwards. You need your new network is backwards compatible with the with the existing devices. So that's why uh, I wanted to talk to you today uh, about surveying the networks because it's an important part of the of the upgrade process and when planning towards the upgrade important part is to start looking at how does the existing network perform and what does it contain and basically how do you move that configuration and that setup into into the new new network architecture and and into the new technology sounds like good thinking okay so um i wanted to talk to you about survey today and and you you might be familiar already with the application but I just wanted to highlight that this is um, this is the new way of of, of doing surveys. You, so you might remember the old way carrying, for example, laptops and having dongles connected to them. Arm cramps, um, sore shoulders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, and you, 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 you basically you have all of your attention in carrying your laptop and 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 opening your doors, and then you have the battery life and all of that to worry about. Now, this is an application we launched already a little bit more than a year ago. And last year, we we um, we introduced a, a substantial improvement into the functionality of the of the survey app. So right now, it's available for iPhone and iPad. But you remember last time when we when we talk about the Android, uh, sorry, the an analyzer version, we we spoke that also the Android version is coming out for our applications. Now, the first Android version is already released. That happened in December, but this was for analyzer for different product. But for survey, we are also not that, that, that far away. So no official launch yet, but just for your information, there's a, there's a new Android version coming up uh, in, in, the, in the near future. So you guys are not slowing down. So basically, yeah, exactly. So basically how you use it is that you, you take your smartphone or you take your tablets, uh, and you connect it to a uh, sidekick. That's the measurement unit we, uh, that uh, Ekaho is producing. Now, and that's it. You don't need anything else. No need for those laptops, no need for dongles. Sidekick takes care of the, of the measurements. And then the mobile device is, uh, is basically doing, taking care of the um, uh, displaying your, your floor, map, floor plans and then um, providing you the assistance on, on what to do next. So. The significant improvement that we brought into the uh, survey app last year was, is called Autopilot. So, so it basically utilizes the capabilities of, of the AR kit that is built into, uh, into your device or into a mobile smartphone or, or a tablet. And, and using the capabilities of that AR kit, it automatically determines the location of the surveyor. And what it means is that you can use uh, the, the application using it in your one hand. There is no need for constantly tapping it and, and showing it to the application where you are. Instead, the application will do the tracking itself and you are free to actually use your other hand, for example, opening doors or grabbing handrails or or, or um, whatever, carrying coffee with you. And, and the other hand you use for carrying the device and basically most of the, most of the tasks are being uh, automated. And what it does for you is that it basically uh, you are able to conduct surveys much, much faster than in the past. Uh, it's more accurate, and and also you don't you don't have to worry about draining the the battery of your of your laptop. Okay. And That's and the, one of the questions we 
we get quite often is that um, isn't the smartphone screen too small for it? For us? I mean, how can you how can you do a survey by using using such a small screen? Now you can see this is um, this is actually taken from our office, and now I'm zooming in, and I'm starting a survey. So I basically I have uploaded my um, floor plan, and I tap on the on the screen to show where I am on that particular map, and then I walk for a few meters, and then I tap again so that the application knows that this is the scale of the floor plan, and then you you could see that's uh, green bar on the bottom. Now the application knows where I am. So when I start walking, it automatically tracks my location by using the, the camera and the, the, the AR kit on my, on my smartphone. And, and you can see how accurate it is. Every time I go into a room and, and when I make a turn, when I go, for example, around the table, it, it tracks all of it. So, so the accuracy is, is, uh, is, is in a few centimeter level. And I don't actually have to do anything. I, I just keep walking. I can observe the surroundings. And, and basically, then the application does all the rest. So now I'm walking here. You can see that actually in our floor plan, now you can see where we have the desks because I'm walking around the desks. And here I finished the survey. So I go ahead and I click the stop button. And now you can see actually all the location checks that the application has done for me during my survey and then based on based on that it actually creates a heat map if i had a nickel for every time i tripped over a chair or a table or i had a door smack me <laughs> well and, and jennifer crazy. help me understand for someone who's never done this before from your perspective what kind of a difference does this make because i don't Help me visualize. What is it that you would normally be doing when you say you're bumping into something? Are you bumping in because you're staring at another device? The dinosaur days, you'd carry a laptop, so you'd have your arm out with your elbow jabbed into your waist so you could support the laptop, and you're clicking with your right hand. You're clicking on the map, looking down here. You're looking up. You're trying to use your peripheral vision, and then you get uh, stopped by somebody that's like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? How long have you been here? Are you supposed to be here? And you're like, oh, I'm trying to do something. You have to stop and explain. And then you go back to what you're doing and then you're trying to open the door and like hold the door open and then let the door close and like not trip over chairs, not trip over stuff on the floor. Sure. So it's yeah. like driving while texting or something. Okay. That you're, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Dangerous. Almost. Yeah. And then if you misclick or you forget to click where and you are back, undo, and, and start over, you don't have to yes. worry about that anymore. Yeah. You're saying it's doing it automatically. So do you need to, uh, Ansi, do you need to walk at a specific pace and pause or anything like that? Or do you just literally walk uh, kind of every space? And it, it's well, I don't, I don't, I don't recommend running in the office. Okay. So I'm, I'm not saying that issues. You, you, you should be running, but it's fast enough to track even if you were. So, yeah. so you don't have to worry about walking too slow. Of course you want to, you want to cover the area so that you discover all of the access points, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's actually very very fast. But uh, then well, it nice. becomes another hazard if you actually start speeding while doing it. So no, we're not yeah. recommending that. And how often does someone need to do this in an ongoing operation? Is this something people come back to? Obviously, you do it anytime if there'd be a structural change or something. I'm sure, uh, or more people. Or well, typically this is uh, the first time. Uh, survey is being conducted is the, is the validation survey. So after the network has been deployed to check everything works. 
Okay, and so and unfortunately, quite often that is the only case when the when the network is being sur- surveyed. But there are, of course, there are changes in the environment. There are changes in the in the network, uh, in the surroundings. There are might be yeah. physical changes in the in the uh, in the in the space itself. And of course, there are new devices. There are new applications. There are new other third party devices in the premises. So, 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 so revalidation is probably a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When problems are reported, you, you basically go out and do another, maybe a smaller site survey of that one area where people are complaining to see what's going on. Yeah, this is amazing. Absolutely. There's no and, reason you should And also, in a, Simple. In, a, in a phase towards the end of the life cycle, when you are actually thinking of, of upgrading the network or integrating, um, uh, or migrating some part of your network into a new technology, uh, that's when you need a. That's when you need a server as well. So start looking at uh, how does how is your current network and how do you upgrade it to the next level. That's excellent, and I love the fact you guys are really taking advantage of all the new uh, capabilities in the OS and the in the hardware based tools for AR VR type things within the phones. Um, so you're leveraging that stuff, and I bet we're just scratching the surface of where that's going to go um, in terms of stuff. So that's neat, uh, and you guys got more stuff coming out um, that we can't talk about yet, but exciting stuff happening. <laughs> Stay tuned. It sounds like absolutely. as well. You guys are busy. Uh, absolutely. So, so um, uh, we we have already uh, we we're very committed to the Android market. So, so obviously that will be the next part, next application Excellent. that we do. But we also have uh, some some very concrete improvements coming to the application itself. So from now on, then to, in, on on the both platforms, uh, from the launch onwards, from the both on the both platforms, there are also other things we can do by. By utilizing the capabilities of the devices, but also uh, we are we are very committed into into use of machine learning. Uh, we have we have actually achieved great results by by using uh, AI on different tools, and that's also the direction we are taking with uh, with the, with our applications that we can more and more leverage the capabilities of, of artificial intelligence to come up with uh, more accurate uh, results and more automated processing of the data. Excellent. Love what you're doing. And it's obvious, Jennifer, we got to keep having Ansi back to make sure we're staying up to date or we're going to be behind. I love it. Ansi, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy your snow. Thank you. And uh, and the rest of your quarantine. Hope you and your family stay safe. And um, it's always a joy having you on the show. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Jennifer. All right. Thank you so much for watching. This episode ran a little longer than anticipated. And went back and changed a few things like the Chandler Heath IoT special. That was originally its own segment within the show, but I'm really happy with what we came out with. Uh, so now we are releasing that separately as a bonus. I think I mentioned that at the beginning. And it kind of makes me want to do a whole series on people with interesting jobs and backgrounds. I could probably do that on worldwide technology alone. Let me know what you think. And if you need help with anything, hit us up on Twitter. I am Rob Boyd, R O B B B. That's three B's in a row. Rob Boyd on Twitter. And then Jennifer. Jennifer is actually Jennifer Lucille, at Jennifer Lucille. Either way, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you on the next Notepad Wi-Fi.